Well, hey, Heritage family, how we doing? It is so good to be with you this weekend. I love that we can continue to worship together as one church in multiple locations all over our cities because of the gift of technology. And so today I am excited that you're here. I'm humbled uh, that I get a chance to, to engage the word of God with you together today. So with that, Rock Island Campus, I want to say welcome to you. Those of you joining us online, men in Kiwani, so glad you're here. And those of you here in Bettendorf, I'm so pumped that you're here. In fact, let me give you a disclaimer before we engage the word of God together today. I am super pumped about what we're going to talk about today, all right? I just want you to know that up front because you may sense some energy coming from me that you're like, that guy has either lost his mind or needs some help, all right? So you may sense that. In fact, this weekend as I was preparing, I have a, a room in my house that we call our prayer room, and there's a, there's a recliner there, and I was just sitting preparing, uh, and I had this moment where I said, I cannot believe what God is doing in and through us as a church. And I was blown away at the fact that I got to be a part of that, that you and I get to be a part of that. And, and I looked at my son, who's a five-year-old, right? And this is a, re, a reclining chair. And of course, he takes up two-thirds of it, even though he's the eighth of my size. You guys know what I'm talking about. And, and I'm telling him, and I'm looking at him, and he looks at me, and it's almost like that look like, okay, Dad, he, I'm playing Hot Wheels. Are we going to have a substantial conversation here, you know? So like, he said, okay, whatever, Dad. And I was just sitting there going, my goodness, I'm so pumped about what God is doing and the fact that we get to be a part of it. And it's my hope that as we engage the Word of God together today, that you will walk out of here with a sense of awe and excitement about what God is doing and the reality that we get to be part of that together. And if you're here for the first time, maybe newer to Heritage, this is a great weekend to be here because you're going to get a front row seat in hearing about some of the things we're committed to as a church and the things that God is doing in and through us as we seek to be a people who go be love. In fact, go be love as we step into the words together today is a moment in which every year we pause and kind of talk a little bit about our missional investments as a church. It's a moment that we remind ourselves that we are created to be a people who live loved, linked, and sent. And it's a time that we celebrate what God has done over the last year as we have sought to go be loved and to look forward to what we really believe God is positioning us to live forward into in the future. And so last week we began this emphasis and this conversation around go be loved and we did so in a unique way in which we took a look at a brief 60 minutes clip called A New Columbia. And this is a, a story about the country of Columbia and the radical transformation that took place there. In fact, for nearly a half a century, this was a, a country that was known for its violence and its isolation. And for nearly 50 years, they had been kind of uh, deeply divided and embroiled in this civil war between uh, the revolutionary forces, or what they called themselves FARC, and the, and the Colombian government. And that was up until about 2006 when the Colombian government kind of took an innovative approach in that they hired an advertising agency to come in and to come up with some creative, intentional ways to make inroads and to build bridges to the gorillas that were in the jungle. And what they did, using things like um, Christmas lights and, and soccer balls and like little glow, glow globes that they would put messages in and send down the river into the jungle, they used these means as, as a way to simply build bridges and to invite those rebel forces to lay down their arms and simply accept the invitation to come home. And what happened over the course of eight years is that nearly 18,000 rebels put down their arms and accepted the invitation to come home. And in fact, in 2012, the leaders of these rebel forces came to the table, the negotiating table, and for the first time in 52 years, the country of Colombia experienced peace. 
Now, it's a powerful story about how a region can be transformed as we seek to make intentional ways to connect with people where they're at and make inroads and to build bridges. It's a powerful example of that. But in a similar way, it's a, it's a good illustration for us as a church because that is the kind of uh, church in posture that God is calling us as Heritage Church to play in the context of our cities. We've talked about this before, but the call that God has on Heritage Church is to be a vessel by which our cities are transformed with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, there's a scripture in Jeremiah 29.7 that's been kind of a clarion call to us, and it says this. It says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And in a very real way, God is calling and positioning heritage to build inroads and to build bridges into our cities, just like the Colombian government did using their various initiatives to those in the jungles to position people throughout our cities to accept the invitation to come home to relationship with God through Christ Jesus. Now, we call these initiatives or these intentional investments around heritage, we call them second gap ministries. In fact, this diagram may look familiar to you. Um, For some of you who have been around, some of you who haven't, I'm going to take just a brief moment to kind of describe it to you because in it, you're going to get a clear sense of what we are passionate about as a church. And so I'm going to pop over here and use my large body to block half of the screen for you, all right? And so on this side of the diagram is simply the gospel. All right? It's the good news that God created us for relationship with himself, to be at home with him. But the reality is because of our sin, because of the decisions we made, we chose to rebel. And this gap was created in which we said, God, no thanks. And we went into the dark places, into the jungles of our world and rejected him. But God said, I I love my people too much for that to be the case. So he sent his own son, Jesus, who stepped out of heaven, who came into earth, who took up residence in the neighborhood, who lived a perfect life, who bore our sin, who bore our shame, whose body was broken on the cross, whose blood was poured out for us, so that through faith and trust in him, that we would have an invitation, an opportunity to experience home again with God the Father. Right? Romans 10 says, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that he rose again from the dead, we will be saved. And that's good news, isn't it? incredibly good news. But here's the other portion of that good news is that God didn't just save us to save us. He saved us so that we could be part of the story that he is writing in the lives of others. In fact, he saves us so that we can then turn around with a new identity and a new purpose in him that we can go back into the darkness, back into the jungles and the places where we find ourselves and go and take the invitation to all people throughout our cities, wherever we're at, for them to accept the invitation to come home through a relationship with Jesus. In fact, we see this, this heartbeat and God's posture and how he's created us to live this way throughout the passages of Scripture. In fact, in John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus says in himself when he says, Just as the Father sent me, when I stepped out of heaven and I came to earth and I moved into the jungle to engage you, he said, Just as the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. I'm calling you to build bridges, to make inroads into the community. Jeremiah 29 that I just referenced before when it says, Seek the peace and the prosperity of the cities for which I've called you. It's this posture and this heartbeat to go be bridge builders. 
Back in the New Testament, Matthew 25, Jesus implores his followers, red letters here in your, in your Bible, where he says, listen, I want you to feed the hungry. When you see somebody that's thirsty, I want you to give them something to drink. When you see the stranger wandering, I want you to invite them into your home. When you see somebody that's sick, I want you to care for them. When you hear of somebody in prison, I want you to go and to visit them. It's this, this heartbeat to be a people that are building bridges, to make inroads into the community. A few chapters later, the Great Commission, when Jesus sends his followers. He says, go therefore and make disciples. He's saying, go build bridges. The Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 goes on to say that we are ambassadors of Christ. And then he goes on to say, as if God is making his appeal through you. Let that blow your mind for a second. All right? What God is saying is, I'm calling you to go into the dark spaces. I'm calling you to go into the jungles of your world. And to go as if I am making my appeal through you. You see, we see this heartbeat for God saying, this is my heartbeat, what I've created you for throughout the pages of Scripture. But I want to take a look today as we seek to be a people that go beloved, at a passage in the Old Testament that we haven't looked at together today. And so it's in the found in Isaiah chapter 58. So I encourage you to go there. We're going to land eventually in verse 6. But as you turn or click there, uh, screen, Scripture will be on the screen. It's in your outline. I just want to give you some background. All right? What's happening here is that God is speaking through his prophet Isaiah a word of rebuke uh, to the people of Judah. In a sense, Judah had some significant hypocrisy present in their lives. In other words, on the surface, they had this facade as if they, were, they wanted to honor God. They wanted to chase after him. They wanted to follow his ways and to be his people. But deep under the surface, people of Judah had no interest in that. They wanted to do whatever they wanted to do. And so Isaiah, God speaking through Isaiah is just this strong word of rebuke. Doesn't feel good, right? And then as we get into chapter 58, God begins to speak specifically about one area, and that area is fasting. All right? It's fasting. Fasting is a, a spiritual discipline in which we go without food or go without something with the heartbeat that we can connect with God and experience his goodness and his favor, maybe his direction in a way that, that we were longing for. And the people of God, the people of Judah would, would fast on a fairly regular basis, at least once a year minimum, but typically more often than that as, as emergencies came up or they just needed God to move in a special way. But this time of fasting was, was to be a time where, yes, they go without food, but that they would spend that day or that period of time uh, asking for forgiveness of sins, for weeping and wailing on behalf of the brokenness of their country, or to set that time aside for prayer. But what was happening is the people of Judah, yes, they were going without food, but apart from that, they were doing whatever, whenever they wanted. All right? They were fighting with each other. They were backstabbing. They were, they were nitpicking. They were mistreating others. And what God is saying in this word of rebuke in Isaiah chapter 58 is he's saying, that is not the fasting that I have chosen for you. Your desire is to encounter my presence in my favor, but that is not what I've chosen for you. And then he goes on in verse 6 and verse 7 to begin to unpack, this is really what I want. When you're seeking my face through fasting, this is what I, how I want to see you live in that time. And this is what he says in verse 6. He says, is this not the kind of fasting that I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and to untie the cords of the yoke? Is it not to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? And when you see the naked, to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. It's as if God is saying, you long for my presence. You long for my favor in these seasons of fasting. And yes, I want you to go without food and I want you to pray and to ask for forgiveness and repent and weep and wail. But I also want you to stand up and to live this way. What God begins to say is that when you're fasting, 
I want you to be a people that are seeking to go about um, loosening the chains of injustice. I want you to be a people that are going and, and pursuing justice. In every place where you find yourself, justice is the restoration of all things to wholeness. We see God's heart for that throughout Scripture in which he's saying, I want to see you to restore these things to wholeness. That's why biblical justice is so important. Because apart from Jesus, we can't see anything restored to fullness. And he's saying, when you fast, when you want to encounter me, when you want to experience me in a special way, be a people that step in and take risks to engage the issues of injustice. He goes on to say to, to, to free the oppressed from bondage. He's saying there, you're surrounded by people that are hurting, that are enslaved to bondage and to addiction. And so when you fast and when you long for more of me, be a people that go out and engage in those spaces and with those people and declare the good news that there is freedom in God. And he goes on to say, when you see somebody that is hungry, or you see a wanderer that doesn't have a place to stay, or you see somebody that is naked and doesn't have clothing, he says, the fasting that I have chosen is that you would find moments to demonstrate acts of compassion. Meet real-time needs for those people. And when you're fasting, when you're longing to experience me, go into those spaces of darkness and despair, or those spaces of hopelessness, and declare a message of hope. Well, God is saying, this is the kind of fasting that I've chosen. If you want to encounter me, be a people that live this way. What I love is as we look at this scripture and I think of how God has uh, wired us as a church is that this informs our whole missiology as a church. As we talk about being a vessel that goes into our cities and around the world and, and wants to see transformation through the gospel of Jesus, it is these very things that we seek to live out. You know, we seek to to be a people that identifies real-time needs in our community, those who maybe they're dealing with issues of not having food or not having clothing or not having housing. And we want to be a church and a people who are known for meeting real-time needs and demonstrating acts of compassion. But we don't just want to meet a real-time need over and over and over. We want to help through journeying and relationship with those that we get a chance to serve to identify what are some of the systematic reasons for that need. For instance, we have food pantries, both mobile pantries and in-school pantries, where we are providing meals and, and food, which is very much needed. But we want to be part of the solution of engaging issues of food insecurity. We want to help people get the tools in their toolbox so they don't need to come and, and receive those meals. As a church, we want to be about going into spaces where people are dealing with issues of bondage and maybe addiction, or they're just dealing with the the bondage of the power of sin in their lives. And we want to proclaim that through Jesus, that there is freedom, that you can be free, that you can be set free from any of those things that are enslaving you. We want to be a church that proclaims that message because our God is a God of freedom. We want to be a church that goes into places where there is hopelessness and despair and where people are hurting. And we want to proclaim that there is hope. Because ultimately, as a church, what we recognize and we see throughout Scripture is that as we engage each of these things, what we're really doing is one thing. And it's simply love. And so as a people and as a church, when we say our heartbeat is to commit to go be love. What we're saying is our heartbeat is to walk into the spaces where we may find ourselves and be willing to in, and meet real-time needs and, and deal and, and address issues of injustice and, and to walk into spaces where there's great bondage and proclaim a message of freedom and a message of hope. This is what it means to go be love. You see, in some context, many of us maybe lean one direction or another, but the truth is, is we can't truly go be love unless we're willing to do some combination of all of these. 
In the North American church, we do a lot of compassion, and that's great, and there's significant need there. But what God is positioning us as a people of God and as a church is to be about looking at the whole person as we seek to go be love. And here's the beauty. As we look at this scripture in Isaiah 58, there is a promise that as we seek to go be loved, there's this beautiful promise that we find in verse 8 that that God says is true of us. And check it out. It says this, verse 8. It says, then, then as you seek to go be loved, as you risk to engage issues of of injustice, and as you meet real-time needs, and and you have the conversations leading people to freedom, and, and you go into spaces where there's great despair, and you provide a message of hope, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Your light, it's this word, it's like light in the darkness, it's joy, it's life. He says, then when we go be loved, your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then it says your righteousness, your right living, your obedience, your your willingness to step into those spaces and go be loved. Then your righteousness will go before you. And then read this next sentence. And the what? The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. The same glory that Moses met with God face to face. And when he went to interact with his people, he had to have a veil over his face because the people couldn't handle it. Right? That same glory, the same glory that Elijah, when he was hidden in the cleft of a rock, God said, don't look at me yet. Wait till I pass by because you can't handle what you're about to see, right? That glory of the Lord, this scripture says, as a promise to us, as we seek to go be loved, that glory of the Lord, it says, will be our rear guard. Now, rear guard is a, a term of uh, kind of protection, all right? So in some senses, what, what this scripture and this promise is saying is that as we seek to go be love and we maybe have that uncomfortable conversation or we're a little bit afraid to engage in that space, it's as if God is saying, as you seek to go be love, I got your back, all right? I got your back. I'm going to protect you. When you're looking to have that conversation with a coworker at work or, or somebody that you deeply love and, and you're just afraid, you're like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if I can, can meet that need. God is saying, I got your back. And that's an incredible promise for us as we seek to be a people that go about meeting and engaging of the things of what it means to truly go be love. But that's not the only thing that passage of Scripture means. All right? And what I want us to hear today is one simple truth, and then I'll unpack that second piece. And the truth for us, if we can just grasp this and fully embrace this, it will change everything for us in our cities. And it's simply this truth that how we live displays who we love. How we live displays who we love. And what I mean by that is when God says that the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard, it's almost this picture, as we say, as we seek to go be loved and meet real needs and take risks to engage in justice and and provide hope in places of despair, it's almost as God is saying, as you seek to live that way and you are obedient to live that way, people are going to see Jesus. As you seek to love and serve them, people are ultimately going to see my son. They're going to see Jesus. They're going to see my glory. It's this picture as if we walk into a space, we love and serve someone, we meet a need, we engage them, and as we leave, it's, it's this picture as if they're going to walk away going, I think I just encountered something different. I see something different in that person, and that something different is Jesus. And so as he's our rear guard, we're saying Jesus is the one who gets the credit. Jesus is the one who gets the glory. And let's be clear this weekend that Jesus alone gets all the glory. Amen? He alone is worthy of all of our praise and all of our glory. And as we seek to be a people who go be loved, that seek to be a vessel by which our cities and our world can be transformed through the gospel, Jesus is going to be the one who gets the credit. 
And see, I told you earlier that I was so pumped about what we're going to talk about today. And it's simply because as we talk about this, I want you to know that we as a church are living into this. We are living this out. And God is doing incredible things all around us. In fact, what I want to do here just for a moment is I want to, I want to show you a video that's just going to give you a small snapshot of what God has done through you and what he's done through me and he's, what he's done through us as a heritage family over the last years. We have committed to go be love. So check this video out. In many ways, to go be love is to create a sense of home and belonging for others wherever we go. In 2017, the Heritage family did this by living even more into ministries of hope, compassion, justice, and freedom. As we celebrate the story of what God has been doing through your investments of time, talent, and treasure, we invite you to listen for the ways God has wired you to continue being part of what it means to seek the peace and prosperity of these cities in the world. Hunger and lack of adequate nutrition are significant issues in our cities. We have intentionally partnered with Riverbend Food Pantry, creating multiple spaces for us as a body to provide food distribution programs, addressing the real need of food insecurity with dignity. This year, we started a new twice a month initiative at Thurgood Marshall School in Rock Island called the Marshall Market, providing food for 20 families, which totals over 120 individuals. Through this relationship, we have also been able to provide school supplies, toiletry items, and even USB drives for students, small but significant investments in education and future for Marshall students. Our mobile food pantries at Esperanza Center in Jefferson have served over 100 families at each event, meaning over 1,000 individuals received food assistance through these two expressions alone. Our partnership at Jefferson Elementary School continued to grow, including 36 families encompassing over 200 individuals being provided a week's worth of food twice a month, 75 teachers and staff being regularly encouraged and prayed for, and 30 students being given the opportunity to join baseball teams. After nearly two years of developing trust and credibility, we were asked to start a safe after-school program called Quest for Christ. After a few months, this group grew to over 100 children in attendance, each one experiencing and hearing about the love of Jesus. Kiwani Life Skills Reentry Center is the host of our Kiwani campus that launched in February this year. The facility is currently housing just under 100 inmates, and an average of 15 inmates participate each Monday night from 6.30 to 8 in a worship experience with live worship that utilizes the gifts of the inmates, video teaching from our weekend services, and personal group time and relationship building. Continue to pray for this campus, the men who serve, as well as the men who will be entering society with a renewed and holistic outlook on life that shines the light of Jesus. Our ministries at Rock Island County Jail continue to grow and expand. This year, we facilitated weekly Bible studies and parenting classes for an average of 50 inmates and celebrated Christmas through facilitating six Christmas services. In addition to facilitating partnerships with 25 different organizations, the ministries out of the Esperanza Center have continued to create space for men, women, and children to encounter hope. The Esperanza Legal Assistance Center celebrated serving their 100th client in October. The Esperanza Child Care Center serves 51 children every week. And the Esperanza Bus Stop has created a safe space for an average of 20 children to eat breakfast while waiting in warmth and safety for their transportation to school. Across the globe, we continue to seek long-term relationships with mission organizations that are equipping the local leadership and people to love and serve in their local context. 
Organizations like Poetis who provide job skills training, agricultural training, as well as weekly programming for children and adults to hear, experience, and then share the love of Christ with their fellow neighbors and friends. In partnership with the National Wesleyan Church in Sierra Leone, we were able to provide the initial resources to develop a self-sustaining and income-generating agricultural system built around the education and development of indigenous peoples to plant, grow, and harvest rice and other crops that can feed their families, as well as sell the remainder for income to plant and harvest in the years to come. We have continued positioning local and international partners to make Jesus the hero of the story by financially supporting ministries such as Youth Hope, Shiloh Children's Ranch, Pregnancy Resources, Women's Choice Center, Sunshine Gospel Ministries, Wellsprings of Freedom International, and church planting initiatives in the Czech Republic. As we look forward to the future, we continue to seek to love and serve the communities with everything that we do reaching across the second gap to cross barriers of race, ethnicity, socioeconomics, and social strata to engage everyone with the life-giving message of love and grace so that one day through these expressions, they will one fully know and live what it means to love God, link with others in authentic life-giving community, and be sent to live out and share the gospel in amazing God-honoring ways. Thank you, Heritage, for your investment into faith promise to accomplish the mission that God gives the church to go be love. <laughs> oh, praise him, right? Oh, praise him. Because here's the deal. As you and I have committed to go be loved this year, the glory of the Lord is our rear guard. He has protected us, yes. But as people have encountered us in the things that we've engaged in, they can't help but go, there's something different about that church. And it's the God that we love and the God that we serve. Amen? Amen. So this video was just literally a small snapshot of what God is doing in and through us as a church. In fact, this week, uh, we were celebrating with one of our brothers at a, our Kiwani campus named Ortiz. Ortiz is 38 years old, has been incarcerated since he was 18 years old, all right? Now, we're celebrating in one sense that he's only got 50 or so days left, and he's like, he's out of here, right? Like, which is an exciting thing and reason to celebrate enough. But this week, we found out, this last week, Ortiz received word that after he transitions out of the Kiwani Life Skills Reentry Center, that he has been formally accepted as a student at Indiana Wesleyan University. Like, that's incredible. That's incredible. And Ortiz, if you're watching this, brother, I want you to know that as a church family, we love you. We are so proud of you. And we believe wholeheartedly that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Your love for Jesus is contagious, my friend. And I hope that you live that out passionately, both as you go to school, but wherever God leads you from this point forward. And get men in Kiwani, I want you to know that as a church family, we love you, we support you, and I encourage you and I implore you, don't wait to get outside of the walls to go be loved. Go be loved right there, right where you're at, because God has positioned you there, and he's going to use you to bring him great glory. Amen, church family? So we're celebrating what, what God is doing in the life of Ortiz and of these men and, and the reality that if God hadn't positioned us to go be loved and we weren't willing to step into that, we wouldn't get to be part of the story that he's writing through Ortiz and through our brothers there. I got this letter this week from uh, one of our volunteers uh, with Jefferson, name's Claire, and this is what she said. She said, I had the opportunity this week to have dinner with one of the teachers that I encourage at Jefferson. 
She expressed profound gratitude with the encouragement to the staff and the students and said that for so many of the teachers, the notes, gifts, visits to the classroom, snacks, etc. make such a difference. She shared that a few of her students attend Quest for Christ and they can't stop talking about it, which I think is great. She especially thanked Heritage for always praying. The staff there consider us family. She shared with me many stories of her day-to-day experience as well as her faith walk. And she goes on to say, I want all volunteers to know what a difference they are making and just how important it is for us to continue to be the hands and feet of Jesus in that building. I feel humbled, she goes on to close, and blessed to serve with this community. There may be days when we feel discouraged, but with God, all things are possible, and we are making a difference. We are making a difference. Listen, you are making a difference. And I want to echo the words of that teacher that Claire met with that just simply said, thank you. Thank you. For every one of you that gave, it doesn't matter how large or how small, to Faith Promise in the last year, thank you for your giving. For every one of you who served on a pantry team, a mobile team, or those in the schools, thank you. For every volunteer that engaged at the Esperanza Legal Assistance Center, thank you for giving. For every one of you that served with any of our ministry partners all throughout these cities or around the world, thank you. For every single one of you who have prayed at any point in time for any ministry of Heritage Church or our ministry partners, thank you because I want you to know God has been faithful. God has been faithful and he has done more than we could have ever asked or imagined in this last year. But can I tell you something? I think we're just scratching the surface of what God wants to do. You see, in Columbia, it took eight years And so we're committed as a church for the long haul to go, be, and love. And so my ask of you today is, listen, when you came in, you either sat on or you found a brochure that looks just like this around you. And I encourage you at some point, it could be in service right now, it could be afterwards or this week, to take a look at this brochure. And what you're going to find in here is we just celebrated what God had done. But in this brochure is a glimpse of, of what we feel like God is asking us to live into in the future. You're going to see ministries in there. You're going to see ministry partners that we financially support. And you're going to get a glimpse of what we feel like as corporately as a church. God's positioning you individually to go be loved in your context. But as a church body, these are some of the things that we're going to lean into together. And my hope is, as you take time to look at this, that you'll ask the Holy Spirit, what are you asking me to be a part of this year? For some of us in the room, and I hope it's all of us, God is going to nudge us. The Holy Spirit's going to stir in us and to say, listen, I want you to pray. And my hope is is that you will be obedient. You'll step into that and pray like you've never prayed before. For some of you, the Holy Spirit's going to stir within you in a discontent and say, I want you to join in what's going on, to join one of the ministry teams, whether it's through the church or volunteering with one of our many partners. And I encourage you, step into that boldly. Commit to going and being love in that way. For others, the Holy Spirit's going to stir in you a a desire and a call to be a part of uh, making this happen financially. What you're going to see in that brochure is that um, all of the things that are outlined here is going to run us around $350,000, all right? That includes all the financial support of all the partners that we provide, as well as some of the ministries that we provide that you heard about in the recap video. But my ask of you is simply to seek God's face and to do what he says. To seek his face and do what he says. Like I told you, God has done incredible things in and through us as a church this last year as we've committed to go be loved and there's only greater days ahead. So one way that you can engage with us as a church to go be loved is to jump in with faith promise. I encourage you to do that. But here's the beautiful thing. As we lean into Christmas, God has opened all kinds of doors for us to uniquely go be loved uh, this Christmas season. In fact, if you grab your teaching outline, I'm going to ask you to flip over to the second page and you're going to see a bunch of information there 
And all of this are opportunities for you to engage in some key opportunities to create spaces for home this Christmas for people throughout our cities. Now, there's some of those that we're going to engage in collectively as a church family, network-wide. Um, and then there's some that we're going to champion at a campus level. And so, for instance, a couple of our network-wide ones are, one is that our Go Kids Arena uh, across all campuses is engaging and committing to Go Be Loved by providing white tube socks uh, this Christmas. And what we're doing with those tube socks is we're actually providing a pair of socks to every inmate at Rock Island County Jail. All right? And what's cool about that is there's going to be a ribbon around it with a little key that says, come home for Christmas. Heritage Church, it's this reminder that we haven't forgotten you. We love you. We're with you. And in a small way, as much as a pair of socks can be, we want you to experience one little element of home. And so that's one thing we're doing as a network. Secondly, um, the Lincoln Irving School in Moline approached us and said, we have a need for, for hats and coats and gloves uh, for some of our students. And, and they asked, would you as a church be willing to help provide some of those things? And so we said, absolutely. As a church, we're looking for opportunities to, to go be loved. And so as you leave today at a Rock Island, uh, Bettendorf, and Vida Nueva campuses, there's going to be Christmas trees out there with red tags that look a lot like this. And I encourage you, this may be some way that the Holy Spirit stirs in you. It might be an opportunity for you as a family to go shopping together. Uh, but on these tags, for instance, this one says it's a boy, first through fifth grade, is looking for a pair of boots. All right? And so I encourage you, you can grab and be a part of it that way. Go to the store, buy the boots, bring them back to the campus that you attend uh, in the next couple weeks, and we will get those boots and those hats and those gloves and those coats to those kids. And so that's one way that you as a family uh, can engage. Another way, which I am super excited about, is a door that God has opened for us to continue to walk with and love and serve our brothers at the Kiwani uh, facility at our campus there. And so I encourage you, check out this video as you hear more about ways your family can go be loved and partner in this way. So check it out. Hey, Heritage family. I'm here with Justin York, the chaplain of Kiwani Life Skills Reentry Center. We've been partnering with Justin and the Kiwani Life Skills Reentry Center as they have started really a new program just even this year. Justin, thanks for taking some time to chat with us today. Not a problem. Tell me a little bit about how the program's been going thus far. The program's been doing great. We, we've got different classes for these guys to go to, learn the different skills they need when they leave, and they're being challenged. We're seeing guys do things that they normally wouldn't be able to do. Um, we're finding out we have some really good artists. We're finding out we have guys that really want to program. We have guys that really want to learn. You're seeing guys engage in things they normally wouldn't engage in if they would have been at another facility. We're, we're forming a community is what we're doing. And the program, we've had growing pains, but we've had more successes and failures. Yeah, that's great. Um, we've been in a journey with you during mm -hmm. that whole time, kind of experienced even some of those growing pains and <laughs> yeah. successes with you. Uh, we, we've been partnering mostly through a chapel service that mm -hmm. we do every Monday night. Various guys come in, we uh, do live worship, we have time of teaching and then small group and relational connection. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to me a little bit about how that's impacted the men specifically who come to that expression. The way it's impacted them has just been a blessing. I, I would almost consider it a miracle. You see guys that they know Monday's coming. So the impact has been huge um, because it's not just been somebody's coming in and doing something because we're in prison. They know that they're going to church. They're not going to a program. And that has just been phenomenal. Yeah. 
that's awesome. It's, it's been, been great even for me to be able to go and to learn a lot of these guys' names and their stories mm -hmm. and, and who they really are more than just an inmate, but who they are as a person. One of the things we talked about was how do we help con continue to connect these guys to their families in a, in a better way. And so we came up with this idea of, of providing Christmas gifts so that they can wrap and give to uh, their families. These guys are just ecstatic that there's people out there that want to help. And it's, it's a personal thing because they see you guys come in every week they know you guys, and when they find out that it's Heritage that wants to do this, it makes it even more personal for them, but they're also being able to tell their kids, hey, these are the same guys that come in and talk to me every week. They want to help me be able to reconnect with you guys, and that just, the impact, I, I, I can't really explain it. We're excited to be able to partner along with them in that way. And uh, and Heritage, I think, that continues just to reflect our heart to have long-term journey with uh, the men at Kiwani as well as the other missional opportunities and places that we go be love together. So thanks for your support and your prayers as we continue to lean into the things of God and the places that He is leading us. What a powerful opportunity, huh? For us to continue relationship with our brothers there in Kiwani um, by, by coming alongside them in this Christmas season. Some of you remember we did a day with dad a while back and some of the men that we've got to serve, this was their first time interacting with their kids. And so this Christmas, it provides us an opportunity for us to come alongside these men who have selected gifts that they want for their kids. These are things that they've selected. And we have tags that look uh, just like this on trees out in the lobby as well um, that reflect what those gifts are that these men are asking. For instance, this, uh, this inmate uh, has a child, a boy, age 15, that he'd like to give some sports equipment to. All right? And so what you do, what we get to be a part of as a church family is to go grab one of these tags, go to the store, $15, $25, nothing absorbent in that way, but come back with that gift and this tag because what we're going to do is we're going to send these gifts to Kiwani, take them there, and these men are going to have a chance to wrap their own children's gifts. And then we create a space for them to experience home and giving their child a gift at Christmas. So I encourage you, this is one way that you can be a part of that. It's a powerful expression of what it means to go be loved. And there's also inmates there that we have an opportunity to buy gifts for. So some of these blue tags that you're going to find out there will say inmate gift on them for $10. And these are, are gifts that we've got approved by the Illinois Department of Corrections um, that will kind of, we be, we're able to give a gift to our brothers there. So that might be a way for you to engage is grab that tag for 10 bucks throw it in an offering envelope with this tag and we can provide gifts for our brothers uh, right there in Kiwani. So a powerful opportunity for us to go be loved together as a church. And so those three things are network-wide that we're doing. But at the campus level, we're championing a few things as well. For instance, Vida Nueva this Tuesday night is having a community-wide Thanksgiving meal that they are hosting and facilitating right there in the Floresiente community. And we're expecting upwards of 150, 200 people from that neighborhood to be there and to be a part of that. So they're jazzed about that. We're pumped about that. Rock Island campus, what, what you're getting a chance to lean into is an opportunity to provide meals for students at Thorogood Marshall for Christmas. These are students who have come and said, we want to have a special Christmas meal together as a family, and they've selected the items that they, they want to have for that dinner, and you as a campus get a chance to go and to provide those things. So as you walk out the doors today, go to the scent table, and you can grab items uh, to help make those uh, Christmas meals happen. In fact, there's a checkbox on your tear-off portion of your worship 
folder that if you check Thurgood Marshall on December 15th is when they're going to gather to, to kind of collect and assemble these meals and to, and to serve them uh, to the students. So I encourage you to walk out on campus, jump in on that, be a part of that, and God's going to move in and through you in a powerful way. And for those of us here in Bettendorf, uh, we have an opportunity at Jefferson Elementary to host a, a Christmas family night, all right? And this is a significant experience for us there because as I met with administration this week, they're expecting anywhere between 300 to 400 students and family members to be a part of that. And so we're going to create a space for them to encounter home by providing a Christmas meal, uh, to have crafts, games in the in the gym, uh, some to decorate cookies, some of us better than others, all right? And to have a, a Christmas uh, movie. But it's all about creating space for these families to experience home. And so Bettendorf Campus, if you want to be in on that, to be a part of that, there's a, a box on your tear-off that says Jefferson School Christmas. I encourage you to check that and be a part of it. But it's my hope that this Christmas, that God will move in and through us as a church in a way that only he gets the glory. Amen? It's my prayer that as we walk out of this weekend as a people who are committed to going and being loved in the places where God has positioned us both today and, and as we engage in different Christmas initiatives as a family and as a church and as we engage in faith promise, I believe God is going to do incredible things through us. In fact, these Christmas initiatives alone, listen to this, positions us to impact thousands of people in our cities. And that's not even inflated pastor numbers, okay? Like, this is legit. We have an opportunity through these initiatives at Christmas to go be loved, to create space for home for thousands of people in our community. So jump in, be a part of it, and watch what God is going to do. So as I close today, I want to take a moment to pray. But I want to ask you to consider today is what is the Holy Spirit asking you to engage in? Where is he calling you to go be love? Where is he positioning you with the, the hope and the truth that how you live displays who you love? And will you today to commit to go be love so that the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard? Just a reminder, take this commitment card as you pray and you seek God's face over how he would ask you to engage with faith promise. You can fill that out, put it in a bucket this weekend, any weekend. You can get online and see all of the sent stuff that I've already talked to you about. You can fill out the form there. But my heart for us as a church, network-wide, whether you're online at Rock Island, Kiwani, here in Bettendorf, is that you and I will be faithful to engage and to go be loved this year so that he gets the glory. Amen? Man, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment to celebrate what you have done over the last years. We as a people have committed to go be loved. And Lord, I pray that you would stir in the hearts of each one of us. God, find us faithful to take that bold step of faith, that bold step of obedience, to be a people who are committed to going and being loved, who are risking to address issues of injustice, God, that are meeting real-time needs through acts of compassion, God, who are going into the dark places, into the jungles that we find ourselves, and God, who proclaim a message of hope. And Lord, may we be a people who go with the message that we can be free from any bondage, from the power of sin. We can experience freedom through Jesus. And God, through it all, our hearts cry and our hearts desire is that you and you alone, Jesus, would receive the glory because we acknowledge you and you alone are the one who is worthy of it. And we give you praise today. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen.